Today, every day, small cap investors visit Agoracom knowing this is the day to discover the world's next great company, to have their dreams come true. That's why I take to the open road, to find them, to tell their stories, to engage them, to bring them to life. Because they want to connect with you from your office, your phone, your home, anywhere. Agoracom, find your dream. Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, a production of Gorecom, in which we take the time to speak with small cap executives right after big news. And today is a doozy. It's a big one. It's out of Pyrogenesis Canada, the trades of the TSX Venture Exchange, under the stock symbol PYR for our friends in U.S., PYR and F for our friends in Germany on the Frankfurt under 8PY. With us again, Peter Pascali. He's present CEO of the company. Now, for those of you who knew the story, Quick summary, this is a TSX Venture company, TSX Venture 50 company. It's a world leader in advanced plasma processes. They're achieving global success in multiple applications with some of the world's biggest companies and organizations. Now, more than just lip service, the technology, their plasma torch technology is used on U.S. aircraft carriers, has been successfully tested by DARPA, which is the military research arm of the U.S. Uh, Armed Forces. Their titanium powders for advanced 3D printing have received major orders including a big mutual uh, mutual exclusive supply agreement with one of Europe's best, largest, and oldest companies in the industry. And the company was just nominated for the second year row Materials Company of the Year 3D Printing Industry Awards. That's just the tip of the iceberg, but that's what we're here to talk about. The company today announced, I'm going to read the press release, Pyrogenesis Board approves Pyrogenesis additive spinoff and considering uplisting to a senior exchange. Peter. Welcome to the show. Welcome back, my friend. Always exciting to be here, George. Thanks for having me again. Well, you know, we got to have you on because you keep putting out fantastic news. You you hit it out of the park in early 2019, and here you are again yeah. announcing in, uh, a spin-out effectively and uh, an uplisten to senior exchange. Before we get into the details, yeah. how big is this news for the company? How's this? How big is this for you guys and for your investors? George, it's... Uh, Simply can't get better than this, as far as I'm concerned. In terms of news, uh, it's a it's a it's a, a, a conclusion from all the recent news press releases we've had. It's it's amazing. So let's get to some of the details. Um, you know, I've always said Pyrogenesis is an oxymoron in that it's a small cap conglomerate. You've got Plasma Torch with the military. You've got solar. You've got Drossright. You've got 3D printing. On and on. So to a lot of us, it was almost a long time coming. When are we going to start to break apart this conglomerate? Um, let's talk about the factors that led to you finally making this decision. So the first one is, what's the benefit to your shareholders? Well, it, the simpler we can become, uh, George, to understand by analysts or investors, the better it is. Uh, right now, Pyrogenesis group of technologies is very complicated, as you alluded to just now. We have the uh, U.S. military. We have mining metallurgy. We have 3D printing. So right now, we believe that the 3D printing has matured to a stage where we can effectively uh, spit it off so it's a standalone entity and becomes a lot more simpler to analyze and invest in. Are you, uh, I guess your board is assuming that you're going to be able to unlock value. You're not getting true value for the 3D printing side of the business. Exactly. exactly. How about, uh, is it too early to ask what would, the, what, would the, what would the financial benefit be? I'm presuming you don't have the answer yet, but... 
it, it'd be some kind of dividend or return of capital to the shareholders of the existing of existing power genesis we haven't decided that yet but right now it looks like it will be a dividend to existing existing investors um by focusing on 3D, by creating, I'm going to call it 3D Nuco for now, because I'm presuming, unless you have a name well, for it. Well, actually, it's Parogenesis Additive. Oh, That's okay. Go to. And actually, George, we've been operating as a separate company, a virtual company, if you will, within Pyrogenesis for quite some time now. All right, so Pyrogenesis Additive. By making this move, how much more, I want to talk about two groups, how much more attractive do you become, first of all, to large funds? You know, around the world globally, because obviously you're a global company, the U.S. market. Do you think this makes you more attractive as a spin-out? Very much so, because there um, there are funds that uh, are interested. There's a large pools of money that are available for investing in added manufacturing as an industry, as a space. However, there is a reluctance to uh, commingle these funds with other uh, other business lines, such as uh, environmental or mining and metallurgy. Uh, arguably, lines that they have absolutely no interest in or don't can't understand. So by separating it out, it enables analysts who know the industry to give that segment full value and for funds to invest in that would otherwise have been prevented or precluded from investing in because it's commingled with other, 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 other business lines that they're, they're not interested in investing in. Yeah, that, that would make a lot of sense because it seems like so many funds out there are specialized now yeah. and they might love the 3D printing, but they have no idea what the plasma torch or the dross right is all about. They, they have no way to analyze that and value that, so they, they'd be taking a higher risk. So that makes a lot of sense. How about within the industry? Let's talk about strategic investors within the industry. You want to partner with companies, maybe you want to fund you or be part of your growth. Well, uh, well certainly, that's, that's, that's huge. Um, there, are, there are groups that may want to invest in us or partner with us, and what we have to do is articulate the, the sandbox in which they're playing better. Uh, they, they're, they're very interested in, uh, in supporting that plasma additive um, uh, or the pyrogenesis additive. However, again, they don't want to be involved or care about, you know, what we're doing with U.S. Navy. Uh, they don't want to be at risk that something should happen in another business line that they have no interest in and affect pyrogenesis additive. So if we can uh, articulate what pyrogenesis additive is, who the players are and the business in there, it most certainly will, will attract strategic investors and possibly people who are interested in acquiring uh, a piece of it or all of it. So to summarize, is it, is it safe to say, safe to assume that you're pretty confident that, I mean, the Pyrogenesis additive has already been growing tremendously. You've put out an unbelievable press release in the last 12 months. Just the two nominations speak for themselves. But do you, do you think that as a completely standalone company that you can actually accelerate the company's growth and development? Almost certainly, without a doubt, uh, without a doubt, George. I mean, we announced on January 8th a mutually exclusive arrangement with a multi-billion dollar company. Uh, subsequent to that, we announced a new uh, powder production uh, process called NextGen. And we announced that we had production ca capabilities that blew, blew through any publicly uh, uh, public announcements with respect to powder production. We then announced that we used it for, to produce a particular uh, powder for a, a government agent, agency. And then we announced that we did it for titanium and maintain those production rates and, and capabilities. So all this news is very big news and would, would be better uh, announced in, in, a, in, a, in a standalone company. Yeah, and that makes sense. It's just too mature. It's, it's, you know, it's different if you're incubating all these companies, but there comes a point when 
your children grow up and one by one they leave for better pastures, bigger pastures. So that's it. That's great. And I'm actually going to ask you about the rest of the companies at the end because I have a kid, but let's stick with this. Second part of your press release is uplisting. You've talked about, uh, you actually say uh, you're going to be uplisting to a more senior exchange. So let's talk about, first of all, would that be for, would that be for the additives company, the new company, you know, Pyrogenesis Additive, or would it be for both Pyrogenesis Additive and Pyrogenesis? It's a good question. I mean, the advice we've been getting from investor bank, investment bankers so far has been uplift first, spin out second. Ah, okay. So uplift that's, the that's, entire that's, company. That's the initial advice we've been getting over the past few weeks. So, um, and, and both of these decisions uh, have uh, basically speak to the same thing. What we want to do is get um, is get attention from funds that and 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 and, and um, uh, strategic partners that otherwise would not be interested. Uh, your TSX Venture Company, TSX Venture Fifty, which means you've achieved uh, your you're the cream of the crop as far as the TSX Venture goes. Uh, but even the TSX Venture, I'm sure, is there for you guys to grow and move on. So if you're going to do that in North America, I can only think of two exchanges, TSX, Big Board, uh, and or NASDAQ. Any preferences yet? Any early favorites as to which way you might be going? I think clearly a company, if it could go on the NASDAQ, is probably the choice of the two. Um, There's pros and cons with respect to both. I won't go into them now, but there are pros and cons. But effectively, the cost of an uplisting uh, it's pretty close on both. Uh, the only difference is ongoing costs. Uh, the one that comes to mind immediately is on the NASDAQ. You have a uh, significant directors and, and officers liability insurance, you know, some, sometimes, you know, 10 times more than it is in Canada. So those are type of things we look at. But then again, the audience in the United States is significantly larger. Sure. The risk, their, their risk, their appetite for risk is significantly higher. And also their ability to understand what we're doing um, with all due respect, I mean, when we go, go around in Canada and say we're on the U.S. aircraft carrier, they think it's another boat, uh, you know, but when you go <laughs> to the United States, they know it's probably the, it's the highest tech platform. I mean, immediately, when we say we're on the U.S. aircraft carrier, we get immediate credibility. Yeah, so it's just a different audience, and there's a cost to each, and we have to weigh the pros and cons of, uh, of staying in, in Canada or, or uplisting into the States. Uplisting to the States also ticks the box. You know, we want to be attracted, attractive. We want to increase our attraction to Canadian funds that are precluded from investing on the TSXV. So by doing an uplisting to NASDAQ, you know, we tick that box as well. So we're looking at all the, uh, all the uh, um, options and moving forward uh, with both, uh, with, with both uh, an uplisting and a spinoff. Um, most likely with, both, with, with either of those, you probably have to do some kind of a rollback, potentially. Just because I know the NASDAQ, I'm not sure about the TSX, you have to have a minimum three, four dollar price, uh, price threshold. Yes. Is that a concern for you guys doing a rollback? It's not for me, but what do you guys, what do you guys think? Well, my, my background's in finance, George, and I don't typically like rollbacks when I hear about it in a company. Uh, typically companies will do it just for the optics, get a higher stock price, and hopefully that will gain, will garner interest. So if you look at the statistics, when you look at, uh, at uh, rollbacks like that, unless you're doing it for a reason beyond just the rollback, in other words, there's news, there's profitability, Gross. there's relationships, there's all sorts of things of this nature. Uh, there, a robot in and of itself, in my opinion, is a waste of time. It has to be, I don't know what you think, but it has to be in conjunction with something significant taking place, uh, coinciding with the rollback. Well, otherwise, otherwise, it's just smoke and mirrors. 
Well, I know in the small cap world, rollbacks 95% of the time take place because uh, small cap companies have been decimated. Their business plan didn't work out. They need, you know, they're a widget company and now they're going to go into cannabis or something. So they do a 100 to one rollback just to clean up the share structure, uh, you know, nuke everything and start from scratch. That's why I think a lot of people get scared of rollback sometimes. But on the flip side, I've seen my personal experience over 20 years when a rollback is done in order to graduate to another exchange, in order to make the company's capital structure more attractive because it's growing in the business, then it's always, uh, always has at the very least neutral or the very, or, or what I've seen great success because that yeah. in fact is what happens. Structures cleaned up and you're more attractive to funds that you weren't even eligible to reach before. That's a big one, right? Exactly, you, George. Right I now you're not even eligible to so many funds all over North America, let alone the world. Yeah. So that's exactly what I'm speaking to, and 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 uh, and, and you know, not to talk too many and talk too many too much detail, but uh, you know, if we did a rollback, I pick a number, let's say ten to one, uh, we'd have like a, a six six seven dollar stock uh, with about with a float of about ten to fifty million shares. Um, that's that's a respectable um, that's a respectable position for the Nasdaq, as opposed to being a six dollar stock with over hundred million shares. Or, or, or uh, a, a sixty cent stock with ten million shares. I mean, if you have a six dollar stock, six nine million dollar stock, ten to fifty million shares, that's a respectable off. That's a respectable position in Nasdaq. Um, so, uh, anyways, as you can see, there's been a lot of thought being given to it. We didn't just come out of the blue and say, "Guess what? This is what we're thinking of." There's been a lot of discussions taking place. There's been a lot of thought, and uh, we thought it was about time to um, to, to press release it. And I'll tell you why, George, I press release these type of things. Um, oftentimes, it's to, it's, it's to protect my existing investor base who have bought shares and have confidence in the company. I think it's prudent that they know that these things are taking place because you wouldn't want them to sell not knowing that this is imminent. Um, and now it's getting to a position where a lot of people are starting to discuss it internally uh, with professionals, investment bankers. We're getting proposals. And now it's gone out a little bit beyond the circle that I consider to be tight. And it has a higher probability of getting into the marketplace, people buying, uh, although it may be illegal. You know, it, it happens. So it happens. That happens. So I don't want my existing investor base selling into knowledge, the people who are not more knowledgeable than them. That's just not fair. So uh, I thought I, that, that's the reason why we, we, we press release these type of things, uh, George, at this particular time as well. And, and, and one thing, actually, essentially that you brought that up, you would actually announce this you you'd first announced this a few years ago uh and then didn't go through with it back then what changed then what changed today well when we were uh when we announced this a couple of years ago they, they what you're talking about is the spin-off uh right. we we were we were gung-ho we were going to do the spin-off and all of a sudden things changed in the marketplace uh g made certain acquisitions which made us have to step back and, and, and look at it again because it effectively disrupted the supply chain of something that we we're going to offer in the marketplace and then our system was also almost up and, and, and running. So we decided, you know, let's wait for that because it, it, it reduces the, the concern in the marketplace or the questions in the marketplace. So we got to that. And then we saw that we were near a, con a contract, a key, a key contract or, um, or a strategic uh, relationship. And once we nailed that, we said, okay, we're here now. This is where we want it to be. All these delays, are, uh, George, hasn't been associated with us reconsidering is because the marketplace changed so quickly for us that I don't think it's prudent for us just to go continue to do something because we press released it. 
we have to look at what's happening in the marketplace as we're moving forward and see how we can structure it to get the best value for the investor base. And that's what we've done. In fact, I challenge anybody to find a better time to go to spin off than between the time we announced it and now. And, and so there has been delays, but they're very, very uh, understandable and all have worked to the benefit of the, uh, the, 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 share, the our current shareholder base. And Peter, to your point, actually, since you say that, uh, we've all seen IPOs, like major IPOs backed by Goldman Sachs and JP Morgan going on the NASDAQ that they've been, they've been announced in the, over the last couple of years. You see these announcements, and then suddenly a company says, because of changes in the marketplace, we're delaying our IPO. So if you've got major, you know, billion dollar valuation companies backed by Goldman Sachs who announce IPOs and then will announce a delay because something going on in the marketplace, I don't think it's unreasonable that you did the same thing. Like you said, prudence dictated that you, in fact, you know, called exactly. that audible and waited for, wait to see what the picture was. So exactly. if that was the reason before my time with you, then I, I think that's a, that's a great reason. Let's talk about timing. What does, you know, what does the timeline look out for? So now we know from what you told us earlier, you want to uplist first and then do the spin out. What does the timeline look like for each of those ballpark? I know you don't have specifics yet, but can you give everyone at home? Yeah. George, just, to, just to be clear, we haven't decided whether we're going to uplist and spin or spin and then uplist. It's okay. still, still, but just, just to be sure, we, okay. the advice we've been getting so far makes sense that we should uplist and then spin off. But that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense um, to me as well. Time frame. Um, I've been told that each one of them could take between, uh, you know, four, five, six months, but it, it, it both require regulatory approval. So depending on what the questions and answers going back and forth, there may be certain delays, but we definitely want to do this as soon as possible and could possibly do both within 2019. However, if we don't, I fully expect that one will be done in 2019 and the other in Q1 2020, quite imminent. Now, obviously, the proviso is that we have the funds to do it uh, lined up because it does cost some money, even though a lot of the expenses sure. are back-ended. Due diligence, auditors, all those yeah. are big expenses when you, when you want them. So pay. assuming the funds are lined up and, and continuing and that we, um, we have a, a, a normal interaction with the uh, regulatory uh, uh, bodies, and I see no reason why not. It's relatively simple. We're not that complex when it comes to that. So I see no reason at this stage uh, that it would we would not be able to get both yeah. nailed in 2019. All right, let's talk about what I alluded to earlier. So what happens to the rest of pyrogenesis? You still have uh, the military side. You still have Dross right. You still have solar. Uh, you've got all. What happens to the rest of that company? You know, the pyrogenesis, pyrogenesis versus pyrogenesis additive. What what goes on? It, it's very exciting, George, because. When you look at what we have, we have a, 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 an environmental side, which the cornerstone there is the military for right now. And we have uh, a mining and metallurgy um, uh, component, each of which could stand alone, uh, conceivably down the road could stand alone. Now what it does is with the spin out of the added manufacturing is it makes the, the, other, the other two uh, a lot more uh, uh, easier to analyze. There's an environmental component to both right. the mining and metallurgy and the, and, 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 the, and the environmental military. There is an environmental component to both of them. In fact, our, 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 our press release, which we announced recently, we're developing a torch. Uh, uh, we sold a torch to Sweden to basically uh, re possibly replace diesel burners in uh, um, iron ore metallization, which essentially is a sexy way of, of describing 
concentrating iron ore before it's transported. Uh, that's in our mining and metallurgy segment. However, it has an environmental segment a component to it as well. So that's a lot easier to analyze those two business segments as a standalone once added manufacturing is spun out. But in of themselves could stand alone down the road as well. Safe to say it looks like if I had to guess looking forward, and I'm not putting words in your mouth, but it almost seems like, you know, pyrogenesis be, has become this incubator where it's only a matter of time till you know, maybe the next one goes out and the next one goes out because you're, you are making great advancement. Just the dross right one alone is, yes. has global yes. implications with potential global partners. So, uh, well, I guess the, the, the answer is wait and see, but I want to ask you, you know, what, <laughs> what happens to the, the rainy company. Yeah. Uh, last question for you, because we've yeah. done a ton of work here and we could probably talk a lot more about it, but we're going to wait until you announce more details to the world. You know, last words to you. What does the rest of this year look like for, for Pyrogenesis? You're going to be obviously busy, you know, with with this uh, uplist and or uh, spin out, depending on what you do first. How does the rest of the company look? How does the rest of the company operate? And what, you know, how, does it, how does everything look going forward? Well, it looks very exciting, George. I mean, you look at our backlog that we've announced, you add it to the imminent uh, U.S. Navy or, uh, double order for 2-2 systems. Uh, that brings us somewhere in the order of a $20 million of uh, backlog, if you include the military in the, in the backlog right now. Uh, we are going to be delivering the torch I described to, to Sweden uh, towards uh, Q3, uh, Q3, Q4 of this year. Um, Dross right is kicking off. It's very exciting time in terms of just the business side of it. What's happening out of manufacturing is off the charts. Uh, we've come so far so quickly, and our relationship with our partner out of Europe is, is, is really pushing us faster than, <laughs> than we, can, we can keep up with. So that's, that's good news. That's, that's good news. So um, in closing, from my perspective as a CEO personally, as I said earlier, I cannot get better than this. I'm so excited. I'm so fortunate to be leading this team. And 2019 is the beginning of you know great things to come. We've alluded to them in the past, and they're here. We're here now, uh, speaking of them. Well, Peter, speaking of someone who's been in this business for 22 years, I've seen over 300 clients. I've seen thousands of potential companies to look at, invest in, work with. Uh, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell everyone at home, you're in the 99th percentile. Uh, most companies uh, find it very difficult to get off the ground. Uh, a small sliver of companies, a good, you know, decent sliver of companies are, are fortunate enough to have one good operating line, one good you know, division, one good operation, and you've got multiples, and you're now spinning out one of those. So I know that doesn't happen alone. You've got a great yeah. team there, so congrats to you and your team, and looking forward to having you back on many more times in 2019, because it sounds like Thanks, we have a lot to talk about. And, and just to underscore that, it's the team that's behind me. I know I'm the face. I come on these interviews. If we could, we'd have a, a 80 people behind me uh, in these interviews, but we can't. It's really the, the team that makes the company, and I am working with a very unique uh, team, and I'm very happy to be their leader. Well, that's signs of a great leader when you're given, <laughs> uh, when you're given credit to work credits due. Uh, thanks for joining us today, Peter. For everyone at home, thanks for watching. Today was a very big day, very big announcement from Pyrogenesis. If you know the company, then you're excited and you know where to do your due diligence. For those of you who are new to the company, and that's going to be a lot of you, especially with this news coming out, get to Agoracom. Punch the company's name or stock symbol. Do your due diligence. We have the profile section. Read through that. Watch. Peter and I have done a dozen interviews. 
you know, watch the last four or five just to see how everything Peter's talked about has come through. And then once you've done that due diligence, you're going to have questions. Get onto the CEO verified form that we have for PowerGenesis on Agoracom. Ask your questions, and you're going to have Peter most likely answer those questions. And to me, when a company gives that kind of access to people, to the public, to shareholders, uh, that tells me a lot about the company's confidence and where it's going. So take advantage of those tools, and and maybe you'll be a part of the PowerGenesis store going forward. George, nobody answers those questions other than me. There you go. Straight from the straight from the CEO's mouth. No proxies. No no ghostwriters. That's coming straight from Peter. So take advantage, everyone. Thanks for joining us. To everyone who's been the part part of the part of the Genesis PowerGenesis store for the last couple of years while we've been here. Congratulations to you. A major milestone. And looking forward to much more success together. Have a great day and see you next time.